All right, Clone High. This episode, man, it it's literally the fucking plot of Superbad. I was watching this, and I'm like, there's no way that Christopher isn't going to mention Superbad. special episode of the Lasercomb Podcast. Lasercomb Podcast 64. Nintendo 64. Ah! Uh, you may or may not be aware that, uh, yeah, we're reviewing a little show called Clone High today. And uh, as per the norm, all things humans say, I am one of your hosts, NeoCal. And I'm the other guy, The Siege. And uh, this week on the Lasercomb Podcast, we are continuing on with our uh, ongoing theme of Rip and Peace Teletoon. Rip and Peace Teletoon. And for anyone just joining us, uh, Teletoon was a Canadian uh, animation-centric uh, TV channel that launched in 1997 and recently was rebranded as Cartoon Network USA for some bewildering reason. Uh, millennials Ooh. on Twitter, Canadian millennials on Twitter were very angry, myself included, were very angry about the, the rebranding of Teletoon. Uh, for people of a certain age, Teletoon is kind of synonymous with childhood joy. Right? Right? Yeah, I didn't, I, I was so into the intro that I forgot to say that here on the laser comb podcast, we comb through classic television with a fine tooth laser. I, I did. I did notice that. Yes. All right. Do you want to redo it? No, it's fine. We're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going in, forward. Man. We've come too far. <laughs> I like that joke in Harold and Kumar go to white castle where they like leave their place and they're like super stoned at this or no, I don't think they're stoned at this point, but they leave their house to like go to white castle and uh one of them is like oh shit i forgot something should we go back for it and they look back at like they're just at the end of the hall in their apartment building it's like 15 Kumar, feet away and kumar is like no we've come too far we've come too far <laughs> so since then that's always been like a thing that i like to reference i do but people don't don't get that very specific reference like it, it's leave, very specific yeah i'll leave uh with my partner cuz we'll go for a walk somewhere and i'll be like oh I didn't grab my phone. Oh, but do I really need it? Oh, but if there's an emergency, should I go back for it? And I'll turn and I'll just stare at like the door and I'll be like, <laughs> no, we've come too far. <laughs> uh, and you know who's come too far? So we've uh, on our uh, programming block of Rip and Peace Teletoon. Now we have covered Donkey Kong Country. We have covered Captain Star. We have covered Cyber Six, and now we're covering Clone High. Way, way back in the 1980s, secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made out using genetic copies. Now the clones are sexy teens now. They're gonna make it if they try. Loving, learning, 
That's right. And, and very early on in this, uh, in the early days of this podcast, we covered a episode of Undergrads, which is another show that is synonymous with Teletoon. Mm-hmm. Now, and I didn't know this, but uh, Siege has told me that uh, Clone High is getting, it's coming back, folks. Yes, it's been renewed for two new seasons on uh, HBO Max, which has now been rebranded as just Max, as it's been merged with Discovery Plus. Max. It's just called Max. And soon it will just be X. And then all will pay X and hail X for the shows that humans like. Protoform X. Protoform X. Wait until it's an AI strong enough to make new episodes for each viewer based on like what they like and like dislike in like in live time. Like you'll see a different episode than I'll see. You know what? Um, now that you bring that up, I could totally see that becoming the dystopian future of entertainment. And there's think, no creators for anything. It's based I don't want to see that. I, I don't fucking want to see it either. I am. But I could see that happening. Totally. And I know people that are like, oh, can you imagine it would like uh, take all your uh, because it would use algorithm based like learning and know what you like and dislike and use Facebook info and all these other infos. You could watch like new episodes of the Simpsons that you would like. And I'm like, I don't want that. I've actually, that's actually an argument a friend has used. Wow. And I'm like, but I don't, I don't want that. I could see how people of a certain personality type would eat that up. And that's part of the reason why I could see that becoming the dystopian entertainment future is because so many people will eat that shit up. I don't want to see that though, because I, that eliminates creative voice. Yeah. I like when I'm watching a television show or a movie or even playing a video game or whatever, like I, I am experiencing a very select handful of people's artistic vision, and I don't want to lose that. I want to see other people's artistic vision, and I want them to get paid. Yeah. I, yeah. That's don't why care I don't, how expensive it is. That's part of the reason why I don't pirate things is because people should get paid. People should get paid. And I, I, I've heard people make the argument, and uh, an old coworker of ours back in the blockbuster days would make this argument regularly um, in defense of pirating things. He's like, Oh, well they make enough money as it is. And it's like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured you would. And I've heard that argument from other people too. And it's like, well, how would you feel if people said that about your day job? Because and you know some what people do and some people do. And you know what? You probably don't feel like you make enough money for what you do. Right. I'm guessing they probably don't think the same. So someone just like stealing your work and being like, well, you make enough money as it is. And it's like, well, no, fuck you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, and, and there's also like the supply and demand thing. Like obviously someone like James Cameron does think he's getting paid <laughs> enough. <laughs> I mean, the guy has directed uh, two out of, like, the top, like, or three now at this point, I guess. Like, three out of the top five highest grossing movies of all time, so. Uh, Is it like, three of the? 
yeah, I think it's both Avatar movies and Titanic. Believe it Did or not, really make any money? I, okay, I gotta check this. Sorry, folks, we gotta. You know us. Avatar: The Way of Water. I feel like it's like one of the highest grossing movies of all time now. Because when I heard it was out, I was like, "Oh, cool!" And yeah, then box office two point three one seven billion dollars. The Avatar movies are such a weird phenomenon to me because they're movies that, for whatever reason, make like uh, a, a rotundo hundo amount of money, but like they're movies that have no pop culture footprint whatsoever. Yeah, I'm just looking it up too. What? So Puss in Boots made 440 million, but okay. Avatar: The Way of Water made 2.315 billion USD. That um, that new Puss in Boots movie I've heard is actually pretty decent. Yeah, that's what I mean. I've heard that it's like actually very entertaining, and the budget was 250 mil. What the fuck? Huh. Um, Didn't they spend the last like decade like working on like uh two three and four like weren't they all made like all at once and they're just like staggering uh two and three were made together oh okay uh yeah avatar the way of water is the third highest grossing movie of all time the first avatar is the first titanic is up there Titanic is number four. Avengers Endgame is number two. Star Wars. So, hang on. Star Wars The Force Awakens is number five. Jesus Christ. Really? I asked. Oh, well, that's episode four, right? Uh, sorry, um, episode seven. Seven, right? The one from 2015. That's that actually makes, a pretty decent movie. And I'm not a big Star well, Wars fan, but I it's a movie. Uh but uh and then Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home, Jurassic Really? Jurassic World? The live action Lion King movie. Me. The live and, action Lion And the Avengers. The live-action Lion King is, like, one of the worst movies to have ever been made in the last decade. I no, haven't like, seen it. So, uh, imagine, scene by scene, it is the same as the animated movie, but instead of emotive cartoon animals, you have realistic animals that do not emote. I like human uh, emotions. I hated that live-action Beauty and the Beast movie. Didn't see it. Probably never will. I saw it in theaters. Uh, imagine the animated movie, uh, but worse. Imagine That's basically. How I pictured it. Imagine like a really like shitty like cover song version of it, basically, which kind of fits because it's a musical. <laughs> imagine just like a really like shitty like cover, like someone like covering Freebird and doing like a really shitty version of it with like no so guitar solo at the end, just like a constant riff. Like playing. like a, a a bad metal or like Be, rock because the uh, the guitarist uh, of the band who is covering it can't solo that very well, so they just don't do a solo at all. Imagine that. Or that they is do the, a, a synthesized. That version. is the that is the live action Beauty and the Beast movie in a nutshell. And actually, uh, podcasts that I've been podcasters that I've been listening to and talk about periodically, uh, Bibbs and Whitney. The reason why I first started listening to them was because I listened to their podcast 
episode that was the worst movies of 2017 and i think number three on their list was the live action beauty and the beast <laughs> and i'm like okay i gotta check i gotta listen to these guys because like i walked out of that movie fucking hating it and like saw nothing but people very basic people with like very uninteresting taste in film i've like, actually never dad. met anybody who's liked it gushing about it on facebook wow yeah so oh, I, I was being bombarded on social media w by people who had nothing but praise for this movie that I absolutely hated. So when I discovered uh, Bibbs and Whitney uh, calling it like one of the worst movies of the year, I'm like, OK, I, I got to check these guys out. <laughs> I, I'm, their tastes intrigue me. <laughs> Kudos for Titanic staying so high up there. Right. Because... So well, many of them are like modern, like, like huge hitting. Well, to be fair, they keep re-releasing Titanic in theaters and that's every thing. few years. And the it's like background shading indicates films playing in the week commencing on April fourteenth, twenty twenty three, in theaters around world. Which means, and uh, there's a little symbol next to Titanic and Avatar, the way of water, which means. Like right now, Titanic is being shown again. Yeah, they keep re-releasing Titanic. They keep re-releasing the first Avatar movie. Ah, Avatar, the last airbender movie. <laughs> A classic. <laughs> Speaking of bad movies. And on that note, uh, as we, we mentioned, this is episode 64 of the Laser Cone Podcast. And this week, as I also mentioned... We are continuing on with Rip and Peace Teletoon, and we're talking about a show called Clone High. A very special show called Clone High. Now, what I didn't realize until today when I was looking at the show's Wikipedia article was the show originally aired, like it aired first, like a good couple of years before it aired in the U.S. It aired on Teletoon first, yeah. which is kind of wild to think about. Uh, the it show is. was co-created by bill lawrence who is a very prolific uh uh tv writer and producer he created scrubs uh he created cougar town uh he created uh ted lasso which is an amazing co-created ted lasso which is an amazing show and uh, also co-created another apple tv plus much like uh ted lasso another apple tv plus uh series called shrinking that i just watched that i'm a big Drinking. fan of. yeah wait is that the one people are like no no never mind I, i've talked about shrinking uh yeah 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 shrinking's uh, it stars jason siegel he plays a therapist uh it's a really really good show uh so bill lawrence pretty prolific in his own right uh it this show was also co-created by uh lord and miller phil lord and christopher miller who are big names in hollywood now Never heard of them. They um, they hit it really big about a decade ago, uh, writing and directing the 21 Jump Street reboot, which a lot of people loved. I wasn't so super hot on it, to be honest. I, I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember being amused by it, but I didn't walk away from... I've never rewatched it. That, that's I've, I've watched it a few times. I've only ever seen it the once. And, put, your, uh, put, your tongue, put your tongue back in your mouth. Put it back. <laughs> oh, and, I don't know. It's it reminds me of uh, 
like the humor of super bad and well i mean clone high we're gonna talk about super bad i tell it i mark my words but yeah go um, on <laughs> uh so they hit it big with the 21 jump street reboot that movie got a sequel uh for whatever reason there hasn't been a third one there i remember there was talk do you remember back in like what was it 2014 when uh north korea hacked sony pictures and a bunch of like emails got out one of the things right. that got out was there was talks of doing a 21 jump street and men in black crossover movie <laughs> that couldn't have been real but and yet and yet it was uh i i feel like that's just an idea that like probably phil lord chris miller and like um oh it never got off the ideas it, it never got off the ideas but uh yeah. Uh, and like them and like Jonah Hill were probably just all baked in a room one day. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and they were like, no, it'd be great. <laughs> Man, it'd be, be fucking tight if we, like we, the next, uh, the, the next uh, Jump Street movie, uh, uh, Jump Street in Black, man. What? Jump yeah, Street? Yeah, we could get Will Smith man and in Tommy Black. Lee Jones. We could get, we could go Big Willie style. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, about that. <laughs> two problems with getting those two people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that never got off the ground. But uh, but anyway, so uh, Lord and Miller, after the Jump Street movies, they were they found success doing uh, writing and producing Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse, which is legit one of the best Spider-Man movies. I think it is the best. However, no, no way, hombre is. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I have actually watched uh, No Way Hombre probably about a half a dozen times at this point. I really, really fucking like that movie. It's, it just does everything so right without trying to. Like it's so easy to make a hey guys like we have a. We, we, we've got like this crossover thing and, and it's cool. And like, look, the jokes are fresh. We can keep it real. How do you do my fellow kids uh, kind of jokes, right? Like it's so easy to make a bad movie trying to emulate like Guardians of the Galaxy or right. Marvel like humor. But oh, it's just right on that fucking sweet spot. And all of the emotional stakes in that movie are earned. That's what makes it for me. And that's why DC movies um, don't hit for me is that the emotional stakes there. I'm not invested in any of the, the emotions. One thing I will say about emotional stakes in DC movies, though, mm, that first Shazam movie, emotional stake. I like Shazam. Shazam's like great. The, the only Apparently that second DC one that, movie that, that I actually came. have said that I really like. Apparently that second one that just came out isn't that great, which is kind of disappointing. But like there's a moment early early on in that first Shazam movie where the the main kid, Billy Batson, uh tracks down his mom who gave him up. And he goes to the door and he's like, Hey mom, I found you. And she's like, Uh, I gave you up for adoption because I didn't want you, kid. Go away. And like that is a genuinely like heartbreaking moment and like you feel it when you're watching that film and that's like, the thing you, if you feel no it for the kid it, 
Yeah. And like it can be when he gets all of his friends and they all become like adult, like superheroes and they're figuring out their powers it, that that part feels like rushed yeah. and stuff. But the kid and I uh, can't remember his act, any of the actors right now, but the the guy playing the adult that sh- hit Zachary the Shazam Levi. of him. Apparently Fuck, he, he's seem, in some controversy now for uh, saying some uh, unsavory things on course. social media. Which is a shame. Yeah, I was gonna our, say like, like they I've feel like them. the same person. That's yeah. how well those two did. But yeah, we're not talking about all of that. We're talking about the creators of this. And um, yeah, yeah, Lord, you know what? Lord as soon Miller. as you uh, said, they were also behind the the Lego Movie, which was way better than it had any right to be. It, that was way better than like. Here's the thing: I'm not a fan of like the and like come at me. Because I I'm aware that they are very like popular and very liked. I'm none of the the Lego games ever resonated with me. Maybe I, I was too old. Maybe I didn't play it multiplayer. But maybe I didn't have younger people in my life. But I never liked Lego Star Wars, Lego Indiana Jones. I liked Lego, Lego Indiana Jones and uh, the first Lego Batman. But I've tried to go back and play like newer Lego Harry Potter. They're boring. Like you can't even die in those games. Like yeah. you get blown apart into bricks and then you, and you just, just come back. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I get it. They're meant for kids, but like, that's great for a five-year-old, <laughs> like, but for a grown ass adult, uh, nah, not so much. You want to die, damn it. And you want it to have consequences. I want to die <laughs> just and like I, want I do there, in life. And I want there to be consequences. The <laughs> There's the weirdest out of text. Out of context, quote we've we've done. We want to die. We want there to be consequences. Uh, I feel like there is no uh, uh, no consequence uh, greater greater than death. Yeah, good point. Other than being canceled on Twitter, that's true. But if you're canceled after you die, then at least you don't get to. You're not around to, to see it. Um. So, so uh, what is the, the gist? Yeah. So on this episode of the Laser Comb Podcast, as I mentioned, we're talking about Clone High. I swear we're talk- going to talk about Clone High. It's just there's a lot to it. And there's a lot you to know it. what? You can see the humor in those writers in their filmography, what they went yeah, on to do totally. in Clone High. Totally. Uh, we On the last episode, uh, I put it through the old trusty random number generator. Uh, the show had 13 episodes in total. And uh, miraculously, we landed on episode one. Not the first time. It's. I think this is only the second time. This. No. Second time. Yeah. Preacher. Preacher. Yeah. I was like third. Was... But then I'm like, no, wait. The the first episode of this very podcast we covered. Uh, what the hell was even the name of that show? It was a Patreon pick, anyway. But we just decided to start with the first episode. Dark Chronicle. That's Dark Chronicle. Man, I, I forgot that um, uh, I wanted to, you know what, now that you've mentioned it, I think I want to check out another episode or two of that. Yeah. I have all of Preacher on my computer. Nice. We've made uh, it through a few episodes. So far, and I, I it, it's an ongoing joke in this show where we're like, oh, we're we're totally gonna rewatch through we're totally gonna watch through this entire series, and then we don't. I think the only time that's actually happened was me with Ash versus Evil Dead. 
It was you with Ash versus Evil Dead over Which the next I actually like, week did. or so. I, I watched like all 30 episodes of that show. Good show, especially if you like the uh, the the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, yeah. And his him playing the character. Um, it's hard to describe this. I'm, I'm sure we covered it on on that episode of the Laser Comb podcast, but um, he plays Ash better now than he ever did before because he understands the trope like he he understands the character because he's been the character for so long well and that when it comes to changing the character too he it it feels more real which i think is what why ash versus well and that um, works Ash as a character like kind of evolved throughout those movies. Like That's originally, what I mean. he 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 was just like a regular dude basically. And over time, by the time you get to Army of Darkness, he's kind of a smarmy, like ca- almost cowardly at times asshole, who is like like he's a jerk to everyone. He doesn't. The only reason he wants to to do any of this is because like he's only like it makes slight, him somebody. It makes him a somebody, and he's. Not even really like he's not terribly smart. He's not super great at anything except he is slightly better at dealing with this very specific problem than anyone else. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> and by the time uh like you know, like 30 years later, by the time uh or yeah, yeah, 30 years later, uh by the time you get around to Ash versus Evil Dead, uh both him and the writers understand that the that that is the best version of Ash, where he is a snarky, like very selfish, self-involved asshole who is only doing this because it just it it makes him noteworthy somehow. Hmm. I wonder if there's because he's bringing... not good at anything else. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, I know so many guys like that too. You know yeah. what I mean? He feels like uh, that age between like Gen X and Boomer. Like he like everybody has yeah. an uncle like that. Yeah. Right. Like he's trying to be the cool uncle, but like he's just kind of lives alone in a trailer. Yeah, and quite literally he does in that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. so this episode of uh Clone High is the first episode as I mentioned, uh and it is called Escape to Beer Mountain. A colon a rope of sand and it originally aired in canada on november 2nd of 2002 2002 2002 yeah and uh we're greeted with uh the some of the main cast as they're walking to school and presumably it's the, the first day of school because it's like oh hey how's it going gandhi oh blah 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 well i uh grew to an awkward height and uh well here, the three students are Abraham Lincoln, uh, Gandhi, and uh, uh, Joan of Arc. Real, real quick, the the overall plot of this show. Yeah, is, we, we keep jumping around. <laughs> it, it centers around a high school that is comprised entirely of students who are clones of uh, important historical figures. Exactly. Way, way back in the 1980s, secret government employees. Uh, yeah. I can't remember word for word the exact uh, intro. 
it's, my friend it, it, it's fine what i what i just mentioned is like really all you need to know the, the clones and the experiment the is them going to uh going to school for these clones and the right. thing is it's self-aware like uh even the, the students know that they're the clones yeah, they know of they're these clones. Yeah, yeah they they know they're clones um jfk's dads are brought up later in the episode yeah, uh yeah i i i kind of took issue with that scene oh okay then we can uh well actually comment on on that when we get there but yeah the three um they show up uh gandhi's like i've been working on my high fives and finger snaps and a, yeah, so abraham lincoln is like yeah it's abe lincoln gandhi and joan of arc which um joan of arc when i was watching this earlier i was like i was like wow this was every like this girl this is a cartoon version of like every like alt kids like mega crush in the early 2000s right uh the um successor of daria yeah of the other <laughs> proto goth adjacent kind of um girls but instead of her being the interesting that they switched roles up in this because instead of a guy trying to get a girl's attention it's a girl well it is a guy trying to get a girl's attention and a girl trying to get a guy's attention it's all about the drama here folks yeah there's a um... There's a bit of a domino effect going on. And uh, I like the the the, the wordplay in this. Um, it's like, oh, I, I grew taller and I've been uh, growing out my sideburns. And Gandhi's like, oh, I've been working on my high fives and my finger snaps. Hey, Joan, high five. She just walks past him and he's like, too slow. <laughs> well, and then Gandhi, it's a, a recurring joke in this scene like gandhi takes note of the fact that she grew boobs over the oh, summer hey guys i'm back from summer camp or christian sub she's joan of arc so yeah presumably it's like christian summer camp and he's like oh i see you've been growing too <laughs> and uh I, I can't remember it verbatim but he keeps referencing the fact that she has boobs in this scene and and she's like you get one more <laughs> <laughs> just it's very kind, casually it's kind of lowbrow humor but like i don't know i laughed while i was watching it no, so did i i laughed uh at quite i actually marked the points i laughed in this and the the show go, gets directly to the point like it doesn't waste time it doesn't like things stew and i forgot that was one of its strengths like when they're at school joan is like hey abe you know i've been thinking i think i want to start dating and Abe is just like staring at like Cleopatra and he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Cleopatra, by the way, voiced by uh, the great uh, Krista Miller, who uh, oh, people may know as uh, Kate from uh, the Drew Carey show. Oh, she also had a recurring role in Scrubs. Uh, she has a uh, uh, starring role in Shrinking. I'm guessing she's friends with Bill Lawrence. Because she pops up in a lot started, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Bill Lawrence was involved in the Drew Carey show too. So I, I feel be. like they're probably friends. <laughs> and uh yeah, she does a she's a good voice actress. And um as also, Joan, staring... Joan of Arc is voiced by I wanted to point this out. What's her name? Uh 
She is voiced by Nicole Sullivan, who Nicole Sullivan was the way too hot for Kevin James uh, wife in the sitcom The King of Queens. <laughs> As someone who watched that in their board. Yeah, in their board moments. Uh... I remember watching that show back in the early 2000s and being like, this is not a realistic couple right here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening is just like, what the fuck is King of, King of Queens? That's what made um, James. Uh, that's what Kevin made James. Um, Kevin James's launched him launched his uh, his career. Yeah, before Paul Blart, there was the King of Queens, and then he milked the uh, kind of like bumbling, like fat dude, like uh, not trope uh, typecast for as much as it was worth and then uh he made like a wrestling movie or a boxing movie or something like that and apparently it was really good and then i never heard from him again uh he's been doing dramatic a lot of dramatic roles in recent years um what was there was a movie where he played a like white supremacist like killer holy shit was actually <laughs> really good yeah that's what i mean i i've heard that he's like like a legitimate actor but um i just haven't seen any of his stuff i also apparently don't watch a lot of movies i've been movied out i blame marvel really and dc yeah i've been watching a lot more stuff lately but i've also uh listeners i've uh, I, i've meant talked about my uh, uh issues with drinking in the past and uh i've dramatically uh reduced that and what i've found is that uh well i'm more more uh i, I have more drive to to consume uh new media again how watch dare movies, you watch how dare shows, you <laughs> play video games etc etc probably more money more money too yes oh holy shit <laughs> hence how i was able to just buy an xbox series x yeah i was like what the fuck man seven hundred and forty dollars no, I just uh my money situation's been a lot better since I've uh like only been drinking like once or twice a week for the past few weeks. It's good to hear. Yeah. Um speaking of drinking, that's what this episode's about. Kind uh, of, yes. Sort of, kind which of. brings us to a very good point Siege brought up. Uh yeah, so the the plot of this episode is basically the plot of the movie Super Bad, which we came... haven't been covering it scene for scene because it's the episode is super bad. <laughs> it's super bad. So if you've seen the movie Super Bad, it's uh, about uh, some characters. Great movie, by the way. It, it's a great movie. It's a movie that I resisted watching for a couple of years because I thought it was just like another like dumb like American Pie type thing. American but then when Pie I... or Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, kind of. Well, Harold and Kumar, I'll I'll defend that first one anyway. Me too. But um. But uh, yeah, I assumed it was just like an American Pie, like stupid, like gross out, like teen comedy. But then I was seeing like a bunch of critics online whose opinions that I trusted raving about Superbad. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should check this out. And so I did uh, in like maybe like 2010. So a few years after it came out. And I'm like, no, this movie's actually this movie is fucking great. It's very of its time. It is. Yeah, it is like like 2000s, like like. Or, uh, around the 2010 
few years before and a few years mid, after mid um, 20 it came out in 2007 and it feels very 2007 exactly and for the reason it feels very much so is because i like to think that was kind of the launching point for movies like even though i think it had come out beforehand like grandma's boy was beforehand or around it was, then. yeah um uh 40 year old virgin super bad um what uh 21 jump street like all of those movies well other than being by the same or judd Apatow, related yeah yeah <laughs> creators um it's it launched that like sense of style like uh michael uh what's his name sarah michael sarah yeah um that like awkward like sense of humor like boom like that that was like the shit for like five solid years a um a comedy that I regularly rave about, uh, I Love You, Man, came out in 2009. I also feel, even though it's a more grown-up movie. I think it's more grown-up. It is, but I feel like I Love You, Man wouldn't exist without Superbad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I just, I feel like yeah. that movie wouldn't have gotten made. Because, like, there there was kind of a renaissance of comedies. Like, comedies that's, were really... That's what we're trying to say. There's a, there renaissance, a renaissance of, of comedies. comedies. Pineapple Express. Were really, comedies were... Yeah, Pineapple Express. I love that movie. Po comedies were really big in the 90s. Like, the mid early to mid-90s. And then they kind of died out. Like, in the era of, yeah. like, um, Mrs. Doubtfire and, like, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask, like... Movies like that. Comedies were really big in the early to mid 90s. And then they kind of tapered off for a while. And then in the mid to late 2000s, they got huge again. Yeah. And we yeah. haven't had a, a another uh, comedic renaissance since. So yeah, I'm kind of wondering. Great comedy movies, but not like that explosion, not a, a renaissance. I'm kind of wondering when that's going to, when it's going to happen again. Cause it will every, every genre has like, has its time in the sun. And, and I hope that we're young and hip enough to actually appreciate the humor because <laughs> the next Renaissance of comedy may not be geared towards our age. Oh, who am I kidding? Everyone's no, it, geared towards. It won't be, it nor won't should be. it be to be perfectly honest. <laughs> mm -hmm. We, we, we had our day. We we had our uh, all I know our, is I didn't understand or like the emoji movie. Damn it! <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also that I didn't a find movie. a goddamn thing funny in uh, in uh, uh, you know uh, uh, whatever whatever movie. I didn't I didn't find a goddamn thing funny. I don't understand the humor, and uh, I don't think anyone else should be exposed to this this kind of tomfoolery. It's uh, it's bad for the children. Too uh -oh. many gays in it, too. Florida Man, 2023. Uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Can't wait to retire. Yeah, Rhinox is a retired uh, trucker in Florida. <laughs> confirmed. Um, one of the first jokes that actually had me laugh, you said you chuckled at the boobs, and you get one more. Uh, yeah joke um was cleopatra cleo's talking to abe abraham lincoln and she's all like oh abe i noticed you your sideburns have grown a couple inches longer and abe is like <laughs> and he's like stumbling over his words like an idiot and cleo uh gandhi comes up and he's like hey cleo high five up high 
And she's like, um, do I know you? And he's like, uh, we were in every single class together last year. And she just stares at him and he lifts up his shirt. He's like, I gave you one of my kidneys. And, and it uh, zooms in onto his kidney. And I can't remember the voice, the special voice actor. Like th- this one little line, it zooms in on his like kidney with a little cartoon kidney. And th- apparently this is a, I can't remember who it is, but at the time I remember seeing in the credits, I'm like, oh shit, it's this guy. Um, and it just zooms in on one of his kidneys and the kidney says, I miss him. And I'm like, what the and fuck? Cleopatra still doesn't remember him. She and he's still like, doesn't get it. And we lived in the same foster home for, for 10 years until you, you got me kicked out. Be- yeah. She's be- like, be- 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 because you said I wasn't cool enough or something like that. Yeah. He's like, I was your foster brother for 10 years until you convinced our parents. I wasn't good enough for your image he had me transferred to another home and i'm like oof (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i've anyone listening i've been in the the foster uh system and uh, apparently it's way worse in the states like if they don't want you they can just give you away yeah it's called like transference of i can't remember there was like like a mini doc on like youtube about it or um, I first learned about it through a, like a TikTok talking about it, and it's like, what the fuck? Don't become a foster parent, and then. Uh, so real quick to, to circle back to why I brought up Superbad in the first place. Oh was, yeah. So super the plot of Superbad. I kind of got off on a tangent. Yeah, the, yeah. The plot of Superbad involves a couple of teenagers who uh want to go to a party so they can hook up with girls and the way that they get themselves invited to this party is that they agree to bring booze because all these characters are underage uh and what ensues throughout the film is various shenanigans as things like continuously go wrong as they try to get the booze and make it to this party and the reason they bring in a second sorry a third friend that they don't really want to go out with because he's McLovin embarrassing <laughs> is because they have a friend with a fake ID and that's what launches <laughs> and they have a, a friend that's a little embarrassing in clone high with a yeah. fake ID I, I think it's Genghis Khan but like the clone didn't didn't go right 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 because he's like like he I can't remember how but like it's implying that he's like handicapped of some kind, right? Yeah. And um so yeah, so the the reason why I bring up Superbad is that's the plot of Superbad. That is literally the plot of this episode of Clone High. This episode of Clone High came out uh 5 years before Superbad. So I I feel like uh Seth Rogen, who wrote co-wrote the movie Superbad. I feel like yeah. he I feel like he got baked and watched this show and thought this was a great idea for a movie apparently seth rogan and evan uh, goldberg were uh uh, seth rogan and i can't remember but they were supposed to be the main actors and they were like let's actually like they they decided they decided oh uh seth rogan and bill Hader. yes 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 thank you 
because they had tried to get the movie made for a few years and by the time it finally got made they realized they were too old to be playing high school kids so they show up later in the movie as a couple of cops <laughs> right right yeah 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 right and they even are like oh like we just wanted you to think we were cool and like they they fit them themselves into that movie pretty well actually which if you watch the movie super bad and uh apologies listeners for continuously bringing up super bad when we're supposed to be talking about clone high but um if you watch super bad with the knowledge that it's was originally supposed to be uh seth rogan and bill Hader, you totally see it in the characters like jonah hill's character is definitely it was seth rogan for them yeah <laughs> Michael Sarah's character, like, is definitely Bill Hader. Definitely, like, you see it. <laughs> um, and in, to to give um Michael Sarah and um Jonah Hill, uh, Jonah Hill, uh, credit like nobody could have done better than them, right? In that, you know what's uh, crazy is they're like our age now. Many, I guess they were always our age then. Yeah. Well, I they were always our age, but I mean, like thinking about it, it like in terms of now, though, like. They're, it's weird to think about the the kids from Superbad. What we're are, saying like, is they were a lot more successful pushing than for we you. were, <laughs> or even older. Like how old were are they? they? Older? How old were they? Well, while well, Siege is looking up uh, how old they are, um, we're introduced to the principal. Uh, yeah, Jonah Hill is. Yeah, he's thirty nine. He was born in December of eighty three, so he's almost two years older than I am. Yeah, and um. Uh, Michael Sarah is Ooh, excuse me, folks. The um Michael the Sarah is 34. Yeah, I knew there was around our age. Wasn't sure how much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's like kind of like this general guy who represents the board of shadowy figures. Right. Who always steps out of the shadows to talk to the principal. Yeah. And um later on in the show the board of shadowy figures is very synonymous with the board of uh teletoon and yep. when it comes to their budget and the the school being shut down aka the show being canceled is very uh, maybe if you were younger you didn't get how on the nose that was i didn't uh, pick up on it when i was watching this like 20 did? years ago or no didn't. i didn't, didn't. oh yeah, um, I I did at the time. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and it's different if you rewatch the whole thing with that in mind, uh, because right. you can see the the points at which, like, the exact like episode in which, like, it was like, hey, you guys like are gonna get like canceled soon. Oh, hey, actually, you guys got like more funding, so you could do like this many more episodes or whatever. And it's just like, ha ha. We could finish the school year, Mr. Butler Tron. There's a, um, you don't see this super often, but there's a, a phenomenon that happens sometimes in TV when like they find out like midway through a season that a show has been canceled, but they, but they're allowed to like finish off the season. So they just get like, they go like hog wild with the final episodes. This <laughs> is, I, I love it when that happens they they left it in a frozen state eh? Eh? Yeah. uh like literally uh like just in case and indeed um, they're being eh? brought back for two more seasons De decades later 
which is funny because in the uh, the show, apparently, like the new show, they've actually been frozen for 20 years. Oh, so when sweet. they yeah, <laughs> so when they wake up, like smartphones, like it was set in its time and it's going to be set in this time. But the only reason it works for this show instead of, say, undergrads or other shows, right, is because they were actually frozen. Yeah. Oh, spoilers for Clone High. Um, they're frozen at the end of the experiment is uh, defunded. Put on ice. Put on ice. <laughs> Have you seen Demolition Man? <laughs> um, but yeah, they were like, um, myself and the others at the board, the, the general dude is like, are worried that you may be um, possibly slightly insane. And the principal's like, what? Insane? Ha! Blasphemy! And he takes off his paper hat, and he opens a drawer behind his desk that says pirate hats. <laughs> yeah, that, that made me laugh. The fact that the drawer was labeled and pirate it's full. hat, and it's full of paper hats. <laughs> <laughs> Delicately places it in it, and slides it shut. <laughs> and he's like, blasphemy! And then a little robot with wearing a sweater vest the, uh, the, mad, the mad scientist guy who is the uh, principal is voiced by Phil Lord. Oh. And uh, JFK is voiced by Chris Miller. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Lots of good, good, uh, and, and lots of uh, guest voice actors on the show, too. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, Donald Faison, who played uh, Turk in uh, Scrubs. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, yeah. Bill Lawrence show. Uh, he guest stars in a bunch of episodes as like Martin Luther King Jr. and George Washington Carver. George Washington other, Carver. Amongst others. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dick does the voice of uh, the sheep man. Yeah, which, they, they've got an old professor. So, Which is really funny because the, to their homeroom. <laughs> it's like this hybrid like human sheep. He's uh, the first successful human and by the way he has hooves for fingers yeah so when he does quote first human hybrid clone and the joke there is like the first like instance of cloning that ever took place in history was in like i think 90 1995 and it was they cloned a sheep so the joke here that like the the that there's this like old man like clone who is like half man half sheep is kind of funny to me it, i i like it yeah and he's a reoccurring <laughs> character but he's um, um him and the police officer and vincent van gogh who are all characters that appear in this episode are voiced by andy dick oh r- really because all three of them have some of the funnier yeah <laughs> uh parts to this like at oh, one point uh he's like oh it's getting hot in here i better take off my sweater <laughs> and he like puts up a buzz on he like starts shearing himself Ready for that. the weekend, baby. I just, I just did that to my head today, as, uh, as a matter of fact. That's right. Uh, He's stone colding this. Yep. No more bullshit haircuts. <laughs> yeah, no more. Uh, bull- <laughs> you did it, uh, folks. Yeah. You wore him down. The, uh, the, that, that guy who called me out for having a bullshit hairstyle, he, he finally, he, he, he finally won the day. <laughs> it took like nearly a year, but he won. Damn it. Uh, uh, on the subject of uh, guest stars, though, um, Zach Braff, who played JD in Scrubs, he was the main character. Yeah, uh, 
has a recurring role in a couple of episodes. And also, Sarah Chalk, who was also in Scrubs, uh, guested in another episode as the voice of Marie Antoinette. Now, Sarah Chalk, I have run into in person probably about a half dozen times over the years. Oh, really? I shit you not. I have run into her uh, in Nanaimo. I've run into her in Vancouver. I've run into her in Victoria. And I've even run into her on the ferry, the Nanaimo to Vancouver ferry. I've run into her, I think, like six or seven times over the years. Has she ever recognized? No, I've you never and been like, been like, no, hey, I've you're never... the guy I keep running into. No, I've never. No, um, I've just like I've seen her out in oh, public and like you've been... just recognized her, yeah, a- and recognized her, yeah, yeah, seen her out and, in public, and it it just became funny that I kept like seeing like spotting her like over and over and over again, and then finally like. Uh, not the last time, but like the second to last time I ran into her, which I think was the time on the ferry. I, I finally just said to her, Hey, I really, really like scrubs. And she's like, Oh, thanks. And that was that. (laughs) Brad. Yeah. So you got, got to say something. Yeah. I got to, uh, uh, park Seth Rogen's car. I feel like you've, I don't know if you mentioned it on air, but I feel like you've told me that before. I've I've told you this before, um, but I used to work at a very uh, bougie, as the kids say, um, hotel. And uh, dude drives a super old smart car. (laughs) Reeks of weed. Of course. (laughs) Barely like runs like a smart car, like that's barely like keeping it together. Um, and he's exactly how you would think. Oh, hey, uh, yeah, there's like coffee in the in the lobby. <laughs> um, and I'm like, you know what? It's probably like hours old. It'll take me like five minutes to brew brand new. I mean, if you want to drink like fresh coffee at like midnight, like I'll it's no no problem at all. And he's like, Really? Yeah, yeah. So I brew coffee for this guy at like 1 a.m like midnight right uh, and See, it's something uh, we have he, to keep hot anyway and he, yeah he, he comes strikes down me in the house robe he, right? he strikes he's... me as the kind of guy who would be like no man i got coffee right here this is fine this is good <laughs> <laughs> and so he comes down in a robe right and he like makes two to like bring up in the room and he like sips one with a lid and he's like "Ooh, ha!" <laughs> uh, and just like awkwardly like i'm at the front desk and i just like wave to him or whatever. He's like, yeah, thanks. And he's like waiting for the elevator. He's like, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like awkwardly, like just wants to stay up late. And like, I don't know, like, hell smoke. yeah. Hell yeah. Coffee. <laughs> just <laughs> in hell his yeah. like fucking robe. Fuck yeah. I got coffee, man. Right. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, and I was just like, I don't know what I expected, but he's exactly the same, exactly how I, I pictured. Right. <laughs> like juggling. I, I can't remember, like might've had like, grabbed like an apple from the fruit stand or something. And, hmm. oh, I think he ended up buying one of the ropes. Cause oh, like yeah? they were so soft and yeah. 
But people loved the robes there. Yeah. They're I, expensive too. And people would buy them. I didn't even know you could do that at hotels. Yeah, you can go to the front desk and like be like, hey, can I like buy this? Or hey, do you have those soaps in the rooms? Or hey, I liked like this. And they'll be like, sure. I just steal that stuff. Yeah. A robe a little bit more difficult. Well, a robe, <laughs> no, but like things the the toiletries, like I'll I'll steal. Oh, they have to replace them anyway? Yeah. If they're used even once. So anyone listening, by the way, like they re they have to put out those new at least at least places worth their like fucking salt. Um they I hope have to replace like the little bars of soap and like the shaving kits and that kind of thing. So like they're gonna throw them away anyway. A hotel that um, so I've stayed at them. a few times over the years, uh the Strathcona in I have a feeling uh, they don't. No they do. Oh they do? Okay. Yeah. No, no, they're they're pretty pretty by the books. Yeah. 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 Speaking of by the books, uh, principal is told by shadowy figure um, that if he doesn't make a report by the end of the week, um, well, he just has to. And he and principal is like, and what if I refuse? And it's like, then we kill you. And he's like, all right. (laughs) Well, in that case. I am going to title this right away as the life of a teen, uh, life of a teen, uh, semicolon, a rope of sand. And Mr. Butler, Mr. Butler. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Butler Butler is funny. There, there's a recurring joke in this, uh, in this episode where he calls everyone Wesley. Yeah. He calls the, the general, um, would you like some scones? Wesley. He calls everyone Wesley. I don't know why. Um, and he does and that be, throughout the whole be, season. Th- th- I, I, yeah, I didn't know if it was like the, the full series or it's just every this episode. episode. But, yeah. just, but uh, in this episode, um, <laughs> he'll like, and later on in the episode, like he says like something like really profound and meaningful to Joan. He of finds Arc. Joan of Arc by herself on a swing. Uh, also he, super bad. He, yeah. There's a girl sitting on the swing and Jonah Hill like comes out to like talk to her and he's like drunk and he's like, I just wanted you to think I was like, cool. Yeah. Hmm. But that's a trope. So yeah, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, the, the, the robot guy, Mr. Butler, uh, tells, uh, Joan of Arc something like really profound and meaningful later in the episode. And he gives this big spiel and then pauses for a moment. And then it's like, Wesley. <laughs> and she's like, and but yeah, he gives Mr. Butlertron has these like moments where he gives the teenagers like emotional like support. Like clone, like uh clone. Uh Joan falls on her like knees and she's like, I love you, Mr. Butlertron. And he's like, No problem. And the camera like zooms out. Wesley. <laughs> Also, I like when she puts her arms around him, his antenna immediately like boings up straight and up. His eyes are like, oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> he's wearing the sweater vest. He has a little bow tie um, and he has googly eyes. Yeah. Like they're never looking in the same direction. And he's just a little like square robot with like three wheels. He's kind of designed like a Jetsons. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I got Jetsons vibes from this. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I found the sight gag of as soon as she like put her arms around him, his antenna that. immediately like boings upward, I, like straight I like upward. That. I'm like, and ah, that's the funny. Right, the writing Me too, before we... Mr. Robot. Me, Me too. too. <laughs> Me too, Mr. Robot. Me too, Butlertron. Um, the writing knows exactly what it wants to be and it delivers. Right. I like it more now that I'm watching this as an adult than as a teenager. Um, the animation, it is con- like consistent. Like it, it has a look to all to everything there. It kind of reminds me of the animation style of the Clerks cartoon. Like it's not the same, but it's reminiscent of that. Like yeah, and it uses very simplified backgrounds that are reminiscent of Hanna Barbera. Like she, the background's just blue. And there's like a simple little tombstone shape for urinals, right? Uh, when characters viewed from the sign, it only shows like one leg. Right. Uh, if you like look at our, they, they have very certain like stances that you always see them from. Speaking right? of and the Clerks it cartoon, it, it does work. Yeah. We should review the Clerks cartoon on the oh, show. Yeah. I don't know why. Because yeah, again, so that was only eight, eight episodes. Six. Fuck it. Let's <laughs> do it on the next episode of this podcast. Why not? There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, so I can't remember. I think it's JFK. Yes, JFK. And he's a jock uh, in the school. And he comes because he hears word that, um, uh, well, one, he's kind of sort of rivals with Abe. And he doesn't like them because they're nerds, him and uh, Gandhi. And he comes to razz them in the bathroom and say, you're uh, not coming to my party. If I didn't make it clear, you're not invited. I'll see you at my party tonight, except I won't see you. Because you won't be, be there. Because you won't be there. You want to know why? Because you're not invited. If I didn't already make that clear. If I didn't already make it clear, you aren't coming to my party. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I like and about like, it, during he's each dumb. Li- each All line, the characters are dumb each line of dialogue there he would leave because they i think they were in a bathroom or something he right. would leave he goes You're and then would come back he closes the door to my party <laughs> in case i didn't make that myself clear and then comes and then back comes in back and, and is like, like forgot to wash my hands and then he, the camera just lingers on him washing his hands for so long washing <laughs> his hands so thoroughly with Abe and gandhi awkwardly standing in the bathroom <laughs> So there's two ways to do the lingering shot, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, th- there's the lingering shot gag, right? Where yeah. something goes on for so long, it, it becomes funny. You can screw that up a lot of ways. One of the ways is doing it like Family Guy does it. Yeah. Where it's just something unexpected and you laugh at the stupidity of it, but it doesn't have a lot of staying power. I remember uh, the first one people probably noticed is like when Peter like hurts his knee in a gag. Fuck, I hate and he, that. And it became a fucking meme of him grabbing his knee and going, ah, ah. I hate that. That is and how it you will do go it on for like a solid like minute too. And too long. You can't yep. do it too long. Also, th- there's no um, gag there, right? The gag here is I forgot to wash my hands after he just made like three dramatic exits. That's yeah, funny. he just made a bunch of dramatic exits 
being an asshole to them, but then realizes he actually has to come back in and then just awkwardly like do his thing while they're standing there. It's like when you say goodbye to somebody, but then, and then go the run into way. them and go. But the thing is, instead of just hanging out or keep continuing talking or whatever, you kind of just just go about your business. Yeah. Um, so I think they eat or at a like, diner. Or like I mentioned, when you say when you say bye to someone, but then you both go to leave, but you're actually going the same direction. Yeah, and you're like, and do like the uh, uh, hello fellow coworker smile. Yep. Where you like purse your lips and the white guy coworker smile. It's where you do a high, flat lipped smile and nod your head. <laughs> yep. Everyone knows it. Or just um, like walk by someone and like make eye contact and be like, oh yeah. <laughs> and that's a thing that I run into a lot. Yeah. People <laughs> saying, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh at your at your work? Yeah, yeah, at work. Not yeah. not even just my current workplace, but just uh workplaces in general. I don't know. Maybe it's like a grocery dude thing. Maybe it's a grocery dude thing. You speaking of dude thing, um, no, it has nothing to do with that. I just realized that the diner they're always shown at is called the Grassy Knoll. A humorous pun, but like, that's how one of the clones fucking, like, that's the conspiracy of how one of the clones, well, JFK, like, his original, that's, that's weird. Like, why would you want to eat there? Uh, for the listeners and for me, uh, can you, can you explain the joke? Because I don't get it. Um, the, oh, it wasn't, um, uh, my mind is blanking here right now, folks, um, medication and stuff. Um, but it wasn't dude up in the building. Uh, there was another sniper that got JFK, a sniper from the grassy knoll. Oh, okay. Which was like, which, which was like another area. And there's like different photographs. Lee Harvey Oswald. There we go. Um, and the angle that he shot them from, he shouldn't have been able to hit them. It actually came from a much lower angle. And he had he had intended to go and shoot them, but it like wasn't him. And so the conspiracy that there he was like the fall person, and there was actually a different uh watchman plays on this joke. He's a patsy. Uh the watchman with uh yeah, yeah. The, the comedian, where it yeah. shows him. It implies he's actually the the shooter from the grassy knoll. Oh yeah, yeah. During the yeah, yeah during that montage, the yeah. montage thing. Yeah. Well, there, there you go, folks. Um, so, but the show's a little bit like dark and like does humor like that. I just find it interesting that they're all cool with it, but they're also all teenagers, which means they're dumb. That it's kind of tongue in cheek. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's clever. And as someone who remembers how dumb i was as man is there anything cringier than being a teenager that thinks that they're really smart i'm sorry but like there's no teenager that's actually very smart unless you know like you were like doogie hauser <laughs> unless you were doogie <laughs> hauser there you go uh, i've yet- actually um i've uh at, at my last job there were quite a few kids in uh who worked in grocery who were quite smart but they they were ignorant about a lot of things like they they had the ignorance of youth to them yeah that's what i mean you're just yeah. you're just not alive that long yeah that's yeah, actually and... one of my uh favorite things about growing growing older is just the wisdom that comes with age 
Yeah, it's not that we're like sharper or like keener. It's just that we've been around so long. We seem like we're very smart. We, we've just seen more. Uh, we've seen things you people wouldn't believe. I've seen shit that'll turn you wet. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think they're introduced to like George Washington Carver. And... Uh, as I mentioned, bo- voiced by Donald Faison. Uh, and he's like uh, from scrubs and he's like and he's another one of the geeks um and he's like oh hey haven't seen you guys all summer i've been away bioengineering this sentient peanut yeah. anthropomorphic peanut and um he's a play on um the uh who's that mascot for those that nut brand planters planters nuts or like whatever he's like a yeah Mr. Monoc- like he's got a monocle and like Isn't a hat. he just called Mr. Peanut? I think he's just Mr. Peanut. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one's sideways. And he's like, hi ho, chaps. I would shake your hand, but oh, what does he say? Uh, <laughs> I'd shake your hands, but you know, peanut yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah, he's uh Mr. Peanut. Yeah, Mr. Peanut. Ha! From 2013 to 2017, he was voiced by Bill Hader. It's funny. Mr. Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut, yeah. On uh, commercials for comes, four years there. Comes full uh, that, circle. That's why I brought that up, because I'm like, that's funny. We were just talking about Bill Hader. Rad. <laughs> uh, so what is it? Um, Joan is very much like, hey, how about instead of carrying, uh, worrying about who or what we're seen with or popularity, um, you do something that actually matters? Sorry. Um on the Wikipedia page for Mr. Peanut, it says, Occupation, mascot, gentleman, hero. Mascot, <laughs> gentleman, hero. That's a good write-up. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and Joan oh, of Arc, so uh, she's running like a, a teen helpline, right? Um, yeah, d- uh, a teen help hotline. Teen help hotline, and Gandhi says he'll... Uh, do it because you know he's he's a friend or a bro um and he doesn't think that they'll be able to go to the the party anyway and um indeed abe and them are leaving the diner and jfk gets up and he's like mark my words abe you and your geek friends aren't coming to the party and abe is like um i'll uh i'll bring the beer and he's like i'll see you at eight (laughs) And uh, Cleo like walks past him and she's like, Ooh, oh, Abe, or maybe this is later in the episode. Um, there's nothing that gets me hotter than underage drinking. And another point where I actually like, like laughed. <laughs> and I'd forgotten how funny this the show was. The show is quite funny. I, I was surprised too at how laugh out loud funny it was. But then I'm like, uh, eh, it the show was written by Bill. Uh, Bill I, Lawrence and then Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. I'm like those three together. The show could, the show couldn't possibly not be funny. Yeah. And um, at one point, Abe is like, I'm going to be so dead. I have no idea how I'm going to get the booze. And uh, Gandhi is like, Hey, maybe instead of saying, Oh yeah, I'll get the beer. You just say, no, what I actually said was I'll get the beards. And Abe just like stares at him and he's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And he's like, yeah, but the party would still be lit. And it zooms into like his 
his imagination. Yeah. And everyone's like, man, awesome party. And they're all wearing fake beards. And they're like, thanks, Gandhi. And Gandhi gives a thumbs up with a fake beard. And on his arm is like a hot, like curvy, like babe with like a fake beard. <laughs> and then it zooms back into reality. And Gandhi's just like. I, I love Gandhi's enthusiasm in this show. Amazing. Like, it's extremely endearing. Just how like very like excited he is all the time. All the time. And um uh the it's just very funny too because their their height difference is it, it's they don't make a deal of it, but it's part of that like physical comedy. Normally you can't translate physical comedy into a cartoon that easily that's not slapstick. Right. Right. Like someone punching someone or like whatever. But the way Gandhi always looks up at Abe and Abe like looks confused or like because he, he never part of some of the episodes are when they like butt heads, but they're still like best friends. Right. And right. it's just it's just funny because you see these like two awkward like teenagers and like one's like trying his like best to like be cool or they're both trying their best to be cool. But different ways like one's trying to be cool and oh hey cleo ha 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 and like aloof and the other one's just going for it and i feel like at some point i've been both of them yeah I, same <laughs> like oh i'm gonna be cool and i'm gonna be quiet and like you know just like stick to myself and be like mysterious dark and mysterious and then like when that didn't work i was the gandhi i i was very much the the gandhi type in my early 20s yeah but um, Abe, a Abe, the me rest too. of my life, pretty much. Oh, the the opposite for me, Abe, in my early adult life, and then Gandhi when I stopped giving fucks. <laughs> but as we find out in a later episode, Gandhi has ADD. Gandhi wow. has ADD, a disease with initials. That's the worst kind, and so do I. <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious, so. Their McLovin is Genghis Khan. And their depiction of Genghis Khan is an extremely uh, friendly, but very big and strong um, ha uh, uh, force-sensitive fellow um, who... Right. The first... When I watched this as a teenager, I was like, haha, that's funny. As an adult, and I'm like, don't abuse this guy. He thinks you guys want to be friends with him. Again... Like McLovin. <laughs> right. Um, and so they're like, okay, so if the clerk asks you if you're 21, we don't have a fake ID, but you just say, what? And he's like, no, no, Genghis Khan. You say, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, got it. And he goes in and he fails. And they're like, okay, let's try again. Now try with me. What do you say if they ask if you're over 21? Well, and indeed, uh, uh, to bring up Superbad again, uh, their initial attempts to go in and buy booze fail in comedic ways. And mm -hmm. they have to, like, leave and then regroup. Yeah. And try again. I think I might actually watch Superbad after we're done recording. Right. I own it on Blu-ray. Maybe we should do a commentary. Add that to the, the list. Add that to the pile. Yeah. They almost get away with it. Um, and there's the, again, sight gags. Like, 
there's a wrong way and a right way to do it. And right. there's a dated way. Like if you watch uh, Scooby-Doo, the site gang, well, one, it's meant for a younger audience, uh, but two, the, the site gangs on it are very dated. Um, and they do apparently buy a keg of beer. And the lady just goes, are you 21? Well, your sign says you're 21. Okay. And they pay for it. And he goes, thank you. And he walks away and immediately comes back in the frame and he goes, I'm not 21. <laughs> So I kind of like picture Genghis Khan in this universe as like very uh, pure of heart. Yeah. Which is funny because it shows him with like incredibly destructive, like superhuman strength. It kind of implies Genghis Khan took over, uh, (laughs) took, uh, started his uh, empire, the the largest um, empire in human history, I believe. Uh, because he was just dumb and strong. <laughs> it's just through brute force. I mean, which, it, yeah, he kind of just did brute force the whole world, didn't he? Yeah. So Scudworth um kidnaps Joan because he's going to interrogate her about what it's like to be a teenager. Right. But instead of like torturing her or whatever, he's like, "All right, Joan." Miss of Ark, or whatever he says. No, no, um, he he does say Miss of Ark, which was another yeah. thing that I laughed at. The Miss of Ark. <laughs> um, and then in his interrogation is just being like, "What are your hobbies and interests? What frustrates you at school?" <laughs> like they're just like things that a, th- a school therapist, which I think there should be school counseling, not school therapist, school counseling. It's am- it's amazing that that's not a thing in every school. Like we can do no. better than that. Come on. Uh, but anyways, I um, didn't didn't realize that wasn't the thing. Was there one in your high school? Yes, actually, there was. Oh, well, we had a. I well, I went to a school for bad kids, so we had like a counselor slash social worker who was at the school all the time. Right. What did they call those schools? They called them alternative schools. Alternative. Yeah. So they actually did have counselor there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mine yeah, she didn't. was a she was a nice lady. I moved to a town and there was a school counselor there. And in the first like few months I was there, there was no longer a school counselor. And I was like, oh well, and I I, I needed one. <laughs> um but what happens? Uh there's a tube that comes up, it sucks Joan of Arc into his death maze as Scud's Scudworth like maniacally laughs he's always wearing a a lab coat and like yellow dish gloves right for for whatever reason um and uh do 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 go forward ah here we go the problematic part number one um it decides uh scudworth decides that him and um mr butlertron are going to infiltrate by pretending to be kids and go to the party. Right. Uh, so we cut to JFK's house where he's on the phone. And they, um, I, I remember uh, the, the principal and Mr. Butler Tron show up and the principal is very much. Did you like want to how- talk about the gay dads? Uh, I, Nag, I, I, yeah. I found that scene a little, I rolled my eyes cause I found it a little like dated and, it was playing into like stereotypes. Well, 
one of them is like a tough dude smoking a cigar and is supposed to be like the dad and the other one is like very like like has an accent and is like the mom dad is very effeminate very like classic like sitcom well-dressed and like whatever and they're like oh honey doesn't he look good also the the dad dad um is wearing lipstick yeah i and they're like uh what you think you're too good uh enough to be gay like your old man like your old man's or like whatever and they're in his husband is like carl 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 um baby was just born that way and i'm like I, I found the entire scene. They're not trying to be offensive. It's just a little like cringe, but also it's dated. it's supposed to be it's supposed to be funny because of the inverse being so yes. common. It, so I I get the joke at the time they were trying to be progressive by mocking straight cu- cis they, couples that they were trying to turn. I feel like they were trying to turn like the gay, like the sitcom gay stereotype, which was really big in the the nineties. To poke fun at it. I I feel like they were trying to like turn that on its head. And at the time it may have been funny, but now watching it, I'm kind of just like, uh, just rolling my eyes. I'm like, this is kind of cringeworthy. So what ends up happening at the party siege, I think, Abe tells Gandhi that all he could get you're gonna a, be in all he could get was a keg of de-alcoholized beer. Well, he doesn't tell Gandhi. Oh, oh right. He doesn't tell Gandhi. He tells right. Gandhi right. F's off because um Abe is like, um, you're gonna be in big trouble because you promised Joan that you're gonna be at the teen crisis hotline. Don't worry, I just forwarded all of the the calls to my cell phone. Ding ding, how to tell what year it is, folks. Check out these these cell phones phones (laughs) that you have to pull the antenna out of. It is a 2002 like cell phone, right? And like when like do they even text each other in this? Like I No, they don't. No, they they still use it as phones. Um, my first cell phone that I ever got was in the mid 2000s. So couple of years after this but mid 2000s and it was a silver samsung phone with like a blue face on it and you had to like flip it open and pull an antenna up did we have the same Probably. it's silver and blue right silver and blue samsung yeah not not very expensive at all no yeah just used like minutes bought from 7-eleven yeah yeah <laughs> We probably had the same shout out if you're listening to this and you had the same fucking phone. It was like 25 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 35 Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could probably literally get it in plastic, like, like bubble plastic. At- I remember I never for the first like year or two, like two years, the first two years that I had it, I never even texted anyone because I didn't know what text messaging was. I would just call people. I found out what text messaging was because I started dating a girl who then just started texting me. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't text anybody because it was a fucking dollar to like send oh, yeah. messages yeah. or something. Yeah, that that's the thing is back then, like uh, tech. Oh, uh, really? sending text okay, messages. yeah, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, sending text messages was like, you could add it to your plan. You could add like, 
not even unlimited, but you could be like, oh, 250, 250 text, text messages, text messages for $20 for like an extra $20 per month. Like, otherwise, it was like anywhere, depending on the carrier, it was anywhere from like 25 cents to a fucking dollar fifty each text message. Sometimes to receive them and to receive them. Yeah, you had to yeah. pay to receive text messages too. So if somebody like texted you eight times. Yeah. Fuck. And dark times if you're younger than us, imagine growing <laughs> up in the dark ages of technology. Um And it's if crazy you're older than us, then uh then uh pretend we didn't say that because uh you grew up with like jacks and marbles. And like that game with like the stick and the the hoop. <laughs> I, I remember uh, getting a uh, prepaid plan where I could pay, I think it was $50 a month. So I had to prepay for $50, but for 30 days, it would give me, I think it was a hundred anytime minutes. <laughs> Any, anytime minutes. Unlimited evenings and weekends after 6 p.m. Uh, unlimited incoming calling, unlimited incoming text messages, and text messages were only 10 cents each. Outbound and text messages. Outbound. But if you didn't renew your plan by the end of the month, you'd lose all the minutes. Yeah. So, but you could buy card, a minutes card that would yep. extend it by a month. Yeah. And you keep the minutes, so you end up just keep buying these month cards. Yep. <laughs> and these minutes, and so you have 1,194 minutes on your account. Oh, and the, the voicemail messaging system would go on for so long to use up your minutes, too. When you go to With check huge your... pauses in between. Well, yeah, and it was straight up to, like, to use and, up oh, your minutes. Which, of course, used minutes. It, it did use minutes, yeah. Yeah. And, like, it would be like, you have one unlimited, or you have one unheard voice message. To play your messages, press blah, blah, and you would press that number, but it would still keep talking. It wouldn't do anything. It would still keep talking. To uh, to do this, press blank. To do this, press You'd have blank. to wait for the whole You'd have to wait to for the by. entire thing to finish. It would take literally, like, two or three minutes. It's like great. And now you can interrupt it. And and then you can interrupt it. It's like, oh great, I've just wasted like three of my one hundred anytime minutes. (laughs) To check your voicemail, press seven. To repeat these messages, smash the phone on the ground now. There's a joke in season five of Red versus Blue, which I think came out in two thousand six or two thousand seven where uh, one of the characters church is on the phone with one of these like voicemail things, voicemail robot ladies, like talking to him. And it's like to do blah, blah, press 11. And he just flips out and he's like, there is no 11. You fucking whore. (laughs) Wow. It's a good troll. (laughs) Unexpected insults. Um, I, I, I tend to find those gags funny. Yeah. Right. Like the what out of place insults like that. 
Um, so what ends up happening in, in Clone High here? Oh, Joan, again, she's an activist. She doesn't believe in underage drinking. She like wants to do the right thing, right? She shows up at the party and Gandhi like does like a triple sal cow off the 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 porch, off the, right. the second story uh, to escape because he doesn't want her to see him. And um, she's like, well, are you happy? You uh, you contributed into like drunken underage like debauchery. And he's like, well, probably not. I uh, I wasn't able to get uh, the alcohol, so this is non-alcoholic. And he's like, yeah, they'll probably be able to tell. And Joan looks off of the balcony and she's sees people streaking and like acting like idiots and like chugging and that kind of thing. And she's like, yeah, I doubt that. This made me laugh because like I remember those days of being a teenager. Like when you first start drinking and you just yeah. like act like such an idiot, even though you're not really that drunk. Yeah, because you had a Mark's Mike's heart, like half of a Mike's hard lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you drank one can of Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very local a joke, can. but yeah. Um, so Scudsworth and um, Mr. Butlertron show up and um, he's wearing baggy red jeans, uh, has a backwards cap on, uh, Much like and he myself. has a, a baggy uh, black t-shirt that says Fat Boys and Mr. Butlertron comes in. It, it says Fat Boys, but it's not spelled P-H-A-T. It's spelled F-A-T, F-A-T. which F-A-T. made me laugh. And Mr. Butlertron <laughs> is exactly the same he's just wearing a big like flavor flav clock necklace (laughs) on him yep and he's like how do you do fellow students raise the roof raise it raise it (laughs) so any clone high fan if you ever like say raise the roof raise it that's immediately how you can find each other in the wild Right. Like I, I've well, been like that hey, or being high. like, ah, chamomile, ah, chamomile or being like, but why? And doing like the hand. Yeah. Raise thing. I fucking love that. Or next time on a very special episode. <laughs> uh, did you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, so many. It's easily quotable. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, like literally everybody knows this is Scudworth and Butlertron. There's like, a bit where um uh Oh Van Gogh? Uh, oh yeah, I, I was get that's actually where I was get going with that. So Gandhi is on the phone uh, on the like kids help hotline with uh Van Gogh. And every there's noise in the background and everyone's being loud and drunk. And so uh, Gandhi has him on speakerphone and Van Gogh is like pouring his heart out, like talking about his feelings. By the way, when in the cut to Van Gogh's bedroom, like his whatever, it's painted like a Van Gogh painting. I mean, not as good, but just loosely. It's like very dreamy like and he's got like a his hoodie up. He has a bandage like around his head, around his his head to to, presumably to cover his one ear. Yeah, um, but it kind of appears like he's like a kid in a hoodie. Yeah. So it's kind of like a 
because they're teens. Um, but yeah, he's having a hard time and he's like, uh, he's rocking himself on the, on the chair. Yeah. And he opens his heart to Gandhi and, um, Gandhi has him on speakerphone to like the entire, like, uh, part, like crowd of uh, people at this party. (laughs) And they all end up laughing at him and, uh, he gets extremely embarrassed and upset and angry. Uh, understandably. And they're like, ha ha. He wants to be accepted by his peers. How pathetic. And everyone laughs at him. Yeah. And uh, he vows revenge. And this is the part where uh, Butler Tron comes to the swing set. Yeah, because um, uh, Joan of Arc is feeling she's kind of upset because she's really into Abe Lincoln. But Abe Lincoln, like, just thinks of her as basically like a good buddy of his. He's essentially friend zoned her. And um, and is very like ignorant. He's very oblivious to her affections. But she'll even be like, "Abe, I want you," and he'll be like, "Want me to what?" And she'll be like, "Uh." (laughs) "Uh." So Butler Tron comes up and he's like, "Joan of Arc, I can tell something is bothering you. Why don't you tell me, Wesley?" Uh, and uh, actually gives her like advice yeah as i was mentioning earlier he gives her like some pretty like meaningful and profound uh advice in a nutshell he's like basically um, go for it yeah maybe one of you just needs to make the first move and And she's all like right like yeah what maybe maybe i should and it's like it doesn't and that person can be you leslie and so she's like, great. So she runs off to like go and uh, uh, make a move on Abe. And I love you, Butler Tron. <laughs> uh, wouldn't you know it? She stumbles across Abe and Cleopatra making out, and and then like um a uh, uh, is this uh, what the part band? Where... There's like a band that like plays that was very like emo at the time. Um, not some forty one, not Blink one eighty two. Uh, fuck. Welcome to my life. Uh, I have no idea. The only band that's coming to mind is Good Simple Charlotte. Plan. Oh, a Simple Plan. It gonna... feels like Simple Plan, but I don't know if it is. Anyway, she sees them making out. She sees them making out. And is this the part where uh, Abe Lincoln like spots them making out? And is just like, you, du- you dirty slut. JFK? Or, uh, yeah, JFK, sorry. He's like, you dirty slut. And meanwhile, he, like, he has a girl in a hot tub with him. He's like, you cheating whore. And I can't, I don't know what uh, painting this is, like, referencing. But, um, um, uh, freaking uh, Gandhi is, like, wearing a suit. And he's standing at the end of the boat, like, looking up in, like, the mm. rowboat. And I'm like, oh, is what is that? Is that a, I think that's a painting, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm sure if I could Google it, I could find out now, but yeah, he marches over and he's like, what do you think you're doing? And in typical teenage fashion blames the man, not his, his girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, Abe is like, Hey, listen, JFK, I know this is going to be hard to accept, but we kissed. So basically we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. <laughs> Uh, uh, and he's a sub- and and oh uh, and he, JFK is like um, that means uh, that means nothing. Um, come on, she's drunk. 
she also kissed a talking peanut. And it goes over to that like anthropomorphic Mr. Peanut. And he's like, ha ha, right here on me left nut. And I actually like fucking almost like spit out my drink. At that part, right here on me left nut. And I'm like, man, this is this is good. And the, the funniest jokes aren't even here yet. Because uh, when the cop shows up, the the cop as voiced by Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. Uh, doesn't Cleo call? She's like, I need time alone. I, yeah, I was going to bring that up. The... There, there's a uh, subplot later in the episode where um, uh, Joan of Arc figures out that uh, Gandhi. She figures out what Gandhi has been doing. That he's at the party. That he's been answering she the hotline. Him. Yeah, she tases him repeatedly as she's like giving advice to someone over. And the then phone. she takes the phone. And she takes the phone. That's what she was actually supposed to do. So it's like, oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, Cleopatra calls the kids help hotline and is like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't. Uh, I, 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 I'm torn between these two guys. One's a real asshole and one who's really hot, but one's a super nice guy who's really not. And uh, Joan of Arc like sees Cleopatra in the window in the house that they're at the party of. Yeah. 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 Uh, sees her like through the window in the house, sees like her silhouette and she figures out that it's her that she's talking to. So she's like, oh, go, go with the asshole. You should go with the asshole. Definitely go with the better. F- the Better asshole. for your look. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, also, um, stop flossing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And also, it, it, don't floss. It zooms in into the window and it shows Cleopatra taking notes. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, and I think uh, Butlertron shows up again, right? And uh, like- well, what happens is she she looks over and she sees Abe, and she goes, ugh. Because oh, she Abe sees like him being sad. really sad. Yeah, right, right. And she's like, go with the nice guy. Trust me, it'll be better. And also, floss every day. It's a good way to uh, avoid plaque in hard-to-reach uh, hard areas. And then hangs up. And uh, Gandhi comes out of nowhere, and he's like, wow, did you just screw yourself? Yeah, she says she says a line. It's like uh, 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 make sure to to floss every day. It uh, promotes uh, good oral hygiene yeah. and blah blah. It's something I feel like was in like a Listerine commercial or something back then. Because like the oh. exact line that she said sounded very familiar. Like it brought up some like un- sounded very PSA. Yeah, it 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 unlocked some like ancient like commercial memory for me. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, and there's a lot of that in Clone High, listeners. Like, there's a lot of like uh, making fun of like marketing uh, trend, like humor in it. Right. Uh, but yeah, Gandhi comes out of nowhere. He's like, "Wow, did you just screw yourself over?" And this is weird. Joan pulls his belt off in one swift move. Move, and I was like, "Oh my! <laughs> How is she able to do that?" And he's like, huh, I bet you're expecting, by the way, people, this is when baggy jeans were still kind of in. Yeah. So, and he's like, I bet you're expecting my pants to fall off, but I'm wearing boxers. And from behind her back, she just pulls out like heart boxers. And I'm like, wait, I have questions. And then his pants fall down. Yeah. But no one's around. And And he he even says, as he walks away, he's like, ha ha. Good thing. No one was around to see that. 
but he doesn't pull up his pants and walk away. He just turns 180s and walk shuffles away with his pants down, which again, like <laughs> with his I like arms at it with his arms at his hips. <laughs> and I, I laughed. I actually laughed hard at this. Um, it zooms in and it plays kind of like dramatic, like like tense music, like do 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 do, like on a piano. And Van Gogh is in the bushes, and he's like. Oh, nobody saw indeed, Gandhi. Nobody saw indeed. And I'm so fucking stupid because it just showed him across town, like presumably in his own room, like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> he ran. Like... I, I don't know. I love I was losing it at this point because it just keeps getting funnier and funnier because also I like how he knew exactly like where the person he was talking to on the kids help hotline was <laughs> and knew that it was Gandhi. I... Uh, and then, <laughs> and then um, Leo comes out and chooses um, uh, Abe, but yeah. gives her, her her hand and it c- goes over to the, the uh, Mr. Peanut. And he's like, ha ha, sorry, old chaps. It looks like you get salty seconds again. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> Salty seconds. And now it establishes a long, it's going to be a long going thing where JFK and um, Joan, will they, won't they kind of thing as a younger kid? I was like, man, I fucking hate that. Again, spoilers that um, the very end of the episode, like I actually think they're frozen like seconds after they just fucked. Um, Abe realizes that he loves uh, Joan of Arc and can't fuck Cleopatra. All he thinks about is Joan and he runs off to go find her and her hair is messy and she's like naked under the covers and she pops up and she's like, Abe. And JFK pops up and he's like, oh, yeah. And then everything gets frozen. Like while he's seeing that, while she's embarrassed, while JFK is like in the bed right then, that is when everything gets frozen. But now that I'm an adult, man, no, she doesn't have to wait for him. Also, kind of fuck him. Like at least JFK is like up front. Right. Because he, he gives uh, Joan a beer and he's like, are you uh, drunk enough to sleep with me? And she karate kicks him. And he, again, another sight gag. She karate kicks him, which we probably expected. But he leans up and he's like, answer the question. <laughs> Just the, Oh, fuck. The, the, the absolute, like, hilariously sleazeball line of, like, are you drunk enough to sleep with me? <laughs> Just such Answer the question. Answer the question. <laughs> Not deterred by getting karate kicked. Yeah. So the star of the fucking episode shows up. The, the cop. Right. And he goes, well, well, well. Also voiced by Andy Dick. If it isn't my old friend underage drinking so we meet again how are you underage drinking (laughs) this cop just takes his job like way too seriously holding up a beer so we meet again underage drinking how are you underage drinking and i it's just the delivery 
it like this is funnier than when I was a teenager. <laughs> How are you underage drinking? Besides being illegal, and he like dramatically like pours it on <laughs> the beer out. Uh, so very, he grabs like, Gandhi because Gandhi does that very like slow build. Um, we 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 mentioned uh, Pineapple Express earlier. There's a gag early on in the movie where Bill Hader is. Um, uh, there, there's like a prologue at the beginning of the film that's set in like the fifties or something, and it's like in black and white. And right. Bill Hader is like in this interrogation room, and one like he's like they're testing the effects of marijuana, and what one uh, this guy in this like really like oversaw like hilarious like sci-fi spacesuit like walks up to Bill Hader as he's all stone, and Bill Hader is like, "Whoa, holy bejesus!" <laughs> 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 then uh the the guy who's interrogating him is at, after bill Hader. it's like starts laughing at him and i think like making fun of his like tie or something like that he's like well we have determined that marijuana must be declared oh illegal <laughs> and uh, i love it because um he gets gandhi just because gandhi passes out in his arms the, the cop in Clone yeah. High. And uh, Joan just like volunteers herself. She just like walks up to the cop car and he's like, huh, you're all busted. Well, actually, I can only take two of you because the squad car only fits two. So I guess all <laughs> the rest of you are get off clean. I'm going to let the rest of you off with a warning, see? A warning. And um, then Cleo grabs lit. Abe's arm and she's like come on Abe leave your uh, nerdy friends behind and come hang come hang out with me in my soundproof basement and I'm like fuck my soundproof basement and then that fucking simple plan song starts up again if you I can taste your licorice on my come and hang out with me in my soundproof my parents soundproof basement takes me back to being fucking 17 years old right there Oh God! And uh, Abe does the right thing. I, I love I, this. The cop is like, "Son, if we don't enforce these laws, then the excitement of sneaking around and getting wasted might disappear." You want that on your shoulders, pal? I fucking lost it again. The excitement of sneaking around and getting wasted and breaking the law—it'll uh, lose its charm. Do you want that on your conscious, pal? And I'm like, fuck, I was actually like <laughs> laughing at this point. Uh, I actually don't remember that part. I I wrote it all down because I was like, this is fucking like, it, the, the episode gets funnier and funnier. Do you want that on your conscious, pal? And then he's like, it's non-alcoholic beer. And I guess what I was just looking for is what all of us want to. What have all of us yearned for? Acceptance. And there's this moment where everybody just looks at him slack-jawed. And then the cop is like, it's the loser. <laughs> and everybody points and laughs. And usually that's how this episode, the episodes of Clone High ends, is something embarrassing happens and it shows them uh, walking uh, to school the next day. Indeed. And Gon- uh, Joan is like, Abe, something embarrassing is going to happen to someone else like in a day or two, and no one's even going to remember. 
And then immediately there's a mural painted on the side of the school. And it's a Van Gogh. And it's a picture of Gandhi, like at the party with his like arms and legs spread out and he's naked and he's holding up like a little uh, tiny uh, paintbrush signifying that he's got like, you know, like a small wing, haha, small wiener jokes or whatever. And he's like, told, told you I'd I'd get back at you, Gandhi. (laughs) And Gandhi's like, oh, great. (laughs) And that's the episode, right? And that's, that's the episode. Sweet. Uh, I like the outros because the narrator is like next week on clone high guest voice actor, um, Marilyn, uh, uh, Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson shows up also Abraham, uh, Abe and JFK's, uh, rivalry continues and perhaps Gandhi will provide some sort of comic relief. Also, uh, Marilyn Manson in this shot has his ribs taped up. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, he has his ribs taped up. Uh, going back to an old, like, urban legend. That from fucking the, urban the legend. How? Yeah. I'm glad uh, that they ran with that. For anyone who doesn't know, there was an urban legend. I don't even know how this got started, but there was an and urban legend. And how it ended up at every school. Before the every internet. fucking school before the internet, there was an urban legend that Marilyn Manson had like a couple of his ribs removed. So the he bottom could, ribs removed so he could perform fellatio on himself. Uh, That's it. It is absolutely not true. But for whatever reason, it was something every fucking teenager was talking about in the late 90s. I don't get how how but, even uh, American friends I have said they heard that. Yeah. But yeah, so Marilyn Manson in the the one shot that he's in at the end of this ep- at the end of this episode has his ribs taped up which kind of made me chuckle cuz I'm like huh, I, I see what they're referencing I didn't there. catch that <laughs> uh well that was uh the inaugural episode of Clone High now do you uh have a question for me good sir I have several okay but only one matters and that is siege you just caught a random episode of clone high based on this episode would you tune in next week well this isn't available to watch legally anywhere in canada you Uh, just can't answer the question like a normal person you son of a no (laughs) (laughs) uh so i was forced no it's not it's not available on any streaming service it's not available for purchase anywhere um it kind of surprised me especially since the show is coming back but not I'm sure it'll like end up Amazon on Crave. Or... I'm sure it'll end up on Crave soon. But um, something like that, right? But so I had to pirate the episode, and uh, along with this episode, I pirated the entire series. So uh, I have it readily available to watch. And you know what? I think I will. I would tune in next week. Goddamn right. And you know what? I may or may not have done the same thing. And I may or may not also watch the rest of it's on MTV.com. Hold my beer. Hold my non-alcoholic beer. Sorry, this video is not available from your location. I was going to say it's probably uh, geo-locked. Okay. Why, man? So VPN, you can watch it on MTV.com if you VPN uh, your 
country. But I've already got that torrent, so. <laughs> too late to turn back now. Yeehaw. We tried to. We came too far. Came too far. <laughs> <laughs> We've come too far, damn it. Uh, All right. So that's a uh, unanimous. Uh, we would tune in next week. Yep. We would sail the seven seas next week. Indeed. And that was episode uh, 64 of the Lasercomb podcast. Best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're at the single $5 tier, known affectionately as the Gary tier. You get access to commentary tracks. You get a Patreon-exclusive show, the Super Lasercomb Patreon Super Show. And you get the ability to pick a show for us to review a random episode of, which... um, we're going to be jumping back to Patreon picks uh, real soon here, but uh, I'll have more on that in a moment. Uh, so if you want to get in on all of that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. You can follow me on Twitter at lasercomb, spelled the same way, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B, or you can follow Cal at... You can follow me at NeoCal on Twitter, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. I'm also on other things like the TikToks. Yeah. At the same. That's the same. Yeah. At the same. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break from this show for probably, I don't know, maybe a month or two uh, to focus on other things, doing the aforementioned commentary tracks for Patreon. Uh, We have another podcast called The Commercial Zone. It's kind of a when we get to it type show. We've only got one episode out so far. It was about the uh, 1980s McDonald's uh, commercial and marketing campaign, Mac Tonight. What a trip that was. What a trip that was. We're going to be doing another episode of that show real soon here. Uh, hence why uh, the Lasercomb podcast is going on a bit of a hiatus. But as I said, it's only going to be like maybe a month or two. So at the time of recording, it is 420. Blaze it. Um, is that what the kids do? What does that mean? <laughs> Hang loose. Hang loose. Does anybody do that anymore? No, no, like, they did- don't. They did that for like two years, I feel like. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, this show's going on hiatus. We'll be back sometime, probably in early summer, maybe, uh, maybe June ish. Cause time of recording, as I said, it's 420. So June. Yeah. That's June. when we'll, June. That's when we'll be back. And, uh, we'll probably end up talking about the clerks cartoon. But, uh, yeah. we'll, um, do we we'll figure that roll? out when we get there? roll which episode uh no we'll just uh we'll do it off air this time just uh because in in case we decide between now and then we want to talk about something else instead yeah Uh, be very non-committal uh anyway uh yeah that's uh that's what we're going to be working on commercial zone patreon stuff and uh yada 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 and until we come back to episode 65 of the laser comb podcast at some point in the future i've been one of your hosts christopher siege and i'm your very special host of the second most neocal thanks for listening we will clone you next time that wraps up another day for Teletoon. Good night and see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming. Thank you folks. for coming. Thank, Thank you. you.